It weren't. Dude, I was so convinced that it wasn't going to that I was just like, <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I was giving it too much of my energy and therefore preventing it from happening. You feel me? I mean, I guess because my ass was like, all right, we're going to see how this goes. And I was like, we're going to see. We're just going to see. And did and did. Hello, Prima. Hey, 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 hey. How are you doing? How are you doing on this uh, cloudy Sunday? Is it cloudy? Well, we know damn well I don't like this weather. So I'm really upset that my I've got to go to work right now. But I'm, I'm here. Come on, tap into it. There's energy here for you to tap into. Ooh, what energy? The one, well, my breakfast is yummy. Cozy, cozy energy. Um, energy of, like, introspection. I feel like cloudiness and, like, rainy energy. Like, it's introspective. You know? You know, cleansing. I, I, okay, I can see that. Because I, I kind of woke okay. up a little bit like, okay, hmm. <laughs> okay, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, hello, guys. We are back. Um, Our second recording in Colorado. This week, though, as you know from the title, we are talking about youth liberation. I'm thinking this should be a series because there's there's just so much to cover. And I feel like my notes on this just is barely even touching the topic. Like, I feel like it's barely covering any of it. So I'm thinking it should be a series. How do you feel about that? I mean, we can see how it goes because I didn't take any notes. I was just kind of like, we're going to see how this goes. But I'm down for it to be a series considering we're here for a year working with the youth. Yeah. I think we'll definitely come across certain things and have more to talk about. So I, I'm down for it to be a series. All right. Bet. And uh, do you want to do weekly updates? Mm, do you want to do weekly updates? I do. Yes. Go ahead. Go first. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so I wrote down three main things that I feel like really sum up the type of week that I had. Um, uh, the first one is I got to see the stars at the sand dunes on Friday. And so the sand dunes is a dark sky reserve, which just means that it restricts like light pollution. Dude. <laughs> When I tell you, I looked at the sky and I was like, this has to be fake. There's no fucking way. Boston could never. Boston oh could God. fucking never. When I tell you, y'all, I'm never coming back to Boston. Boston could fucking never, dude. There's so much beauty in this world. And the idea that there are people that stay their entire lives in just one place and Boston being that place it wrecks me. It really does. Because <laughs> for the love of everything, please, please experience outside of your, your comfort zone like oh my god dude i'm looking at the sky and i'm like yeah wow you know like that's that's fucking crazy then i got to look at it through binoculars crazy girl literally looks fake literally wow, looks fake that's crazy literally i'm like this is it can't be real i refuse to believe it. like it can't be real <laughs> um yeah so friday was a wholesome day i feel like that really explains the type of uh evening i had it was just really wholesome and it felt unreal but in the most like beautiful way um so also this week that another really important moment this week that really sums up the type of week that I had is at the teen center 
the director, Mike, he's really cool. Have a great relationship with him. Really fuck with him. But he made a joke and he likes to he likes to poke at me sometimes. He does. Is he admitted it too. It's not just in my head. Um he does like to poke at me. And one thing about me, I love to make jokes. I'm terrible at receiving them. Um and so he made a little jokey joke which got me a little matty mad. <laughs> I went a little off y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh uh, but the craziest thing is so after when he said he was just joking and he like sat down to talk to me about it because I'm like on the verge of tears like I'm (laughs) venting oversharing like it was really uncomfortable um but everything that I vented and like talked to him about literally days of the next fucking day everything started going my way like for example talking to him about the EBT the next day Deja I got accepted for the EBT the next (laughs) fucking day the next fucking day mind you i've been fighting with the ebt since august since august and the next day i got accepted i was like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up also talking to him about how i didn't feel like my uh like i couldn't see the impact that i was making and it was bothering me because i was like why am i here like what is what is my purpose of being here i'm talking to him about all that dude next day the relationship and the interactions that I had with the kids different than I've ever had. And then also literally yesterday, I got to see myself make an actual impact, which is going to be the third thing that I bring up. Mm-hmm. I got to see myself actually touch someone um, like, like internally touch someone. And it was just like, dude, no fucking way, no fucking way. And so when I had got accepted for the EBT, I texted Mike. Where is it? Where's my text? I texted him and I was like, hmm. Oh, wait, no. Where where was it? I was like, I just have to share because I told him I finally got accepted. I was like, I just have to share because legit, we were talking about it yesterday and clearly the universe was listening. And then he goes, always is. We just get in the way most of the time. And I go, hmm. And I actually feel useful today. I might have to express more of my concerns to you. You might have some connection to the divine or something Mm -hmm. because how did everything magically change? He goes, ha, ha, ha. Because it went from being inside to being said and the universe said, okay, I got you, girl. I was like, oh my God. Okay. okay. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like, and the thing is, what I really appreciate about like my relationship to him is that for one, since the jump, he was very willing to go very deep, very fast. And I love those type of people. Those type of people literally make life worth living. And of course he's a water sign, so it makes sense. And I am biased. I water signs are my fucking favorite. Um but upon like our first meeting we're like talking about deep shit and so he's very spiritual he's actually reading um the power of now right now um and he'll just say shit that i know but that i need to be reminded of and i don't know that i need to be reminded of it until he says it like when we we're talking i was talking about a whole bunch and he was like are you just focusing on the negative negative?" and in that moment i was like no what the fuck and then when i sat down and actually thought about it when he walked away i was like actually i guess I have been recently focusing on the negative a lot. And even though I don't like to be told about myself, I really appreciate when he does. And he is not afraid to do that. Um, He very much will tell me the fuck about myself. Um, And I love that. And so that was another moment. But then that led to yesterday. Okay. I don't know what was in the air yesterday i don't know what's in the air in colorado period all right (laughs) because listen every moment is fucking spiritual awakening here like i can't even begin to cover all of it but again 
whatever this is this is uh, these interactions should give you a, an idea of what Colorado is like but <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was in the area today I wake up I allowed myself to sleep in yesterday that felt delicious I wake up and I'm like okay I want Starbucks I'm gonna go walk to Starbucks um when I first get outside I feel like an overwhelming sense of like joy like overwhelming joy and and then immediately after like a deep deep sorrow and I'm like what the fuck is that like what is that about and I'm just walking I'm feeling the sun and I realized some of that sorrow might have been from the fact that my little brother sent me like a voice audio and (laughs) I didn't realize like how much I miss them or I haven't allowed myself to really miss them um my siblings and you know the people that I'm actually close with family members that I'm actually close with but I haven't really allowed myself to miss them. And then hearing his voice was like, fuck, like that shit hurt. Um, he was like, hi, mean, mommy, me. How you doing, fatty? And uh, it was just really cute. And I'm sitting there with the audio and I didn't realize that I didn't answer. And I think it was because I was just like, so like in my feelings about it that he sends another one and he's like money me why aren't you answering <laughs> I, was like, I was like dude please I can't do this <laughs> um, and so I'm outside in fucking public already about to cry it's the beginning of the fucking day <laughs> it's the beginning of the day babes um the day didn't even begin to unfold and there I am about to fucking cry and I was like okay all right I'm seeing what today's gonna be like and so I answered I get my Starbucks, whatever. I come back. I do my little errands, whatever. I come back. Um, and I'm hanging out with my two of my roommates, two out of the three. And it's wholesome. It's so wholesome. It's just, like, silly fun. It's playful, like, and, and, and dumb. It, like, we're making personalities for um, cows, cow paintings. And we're like, ooh, like, this this cow, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, like, it was dumb but fun. And it, like, didn't need a, a reason or a rhyme. You know, like, it didn't need a, a yeah. purpose. But it was so fulfilling. And it was beautiful. And I loved it. And that led to, like, me and one of my roomies deciding to go to the bookstore. And she was like, okay, we'll do this. She's gonna, she was gonna hit up the farmer's market first. So I was like, all right. I come in the room and I don't know what I did, but I just started crying. Like, I don't know what it was that actually triggered it, but I just started fucking bawling my eyes out. And then she texts me and she's like, oh, like I'm done at the farmer's market, you know, like all of that. And I'm like, okay, I'll meet you at Milagro. Milagro, because that's where she went. Milagro is our coffee shop. And Later on, she told me that she wasn't going to go to Milagro. She just felt like she needed to. Like, something was telling her to just go there instead of the other coffee shop that she was going to originally go to. So, the universe always working. Always at play. Always at fucking play. And I'm like, okay, I'm coming. I go there. I walk in. And I see her standing at this painting. And as soon as I look at this painting, Deja, I literally was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to fucking cry. This painting, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Like, oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Let me just tell you, on one part of the painting, on the very bottom, it says she cries out for yellow. Like, what? Like, what? That is so fucking beautiful to me. And so she's like, yeah, like, oh, we're talking about this painting. I'm like, dude, I feel this. Like, I feel it in me. And we're talking about it. And then the painter comes up to us. So Milagro is a nonprofit coffee shop. And they work with other nonprofit, like, um, things in the community. And one of which is La Puente, which is a homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. But it's like a homeless shelter that 
is very adamant on like every person that comes in needs to have a goal and we're going to help them reach that goal. That's what they're like very much like, um, like solution based, like they're not just there to put a bandaid on it. They're trying to get to the root of the problem and help these people actually, you know, empower these people to take charge of their own lives essentially. Um, and, um, so the painter comes up and we're like, we're gushing over this painting to her and she's a beautiful older woman, like short hair, vibrant colors, like so beautiful, gives us eye contact and I can literally feel her in my entire body, dude. And I'm just like, we're gushing over the painting and she just starts like having like a panic attack but it's joy so it's like a it's like a love attack if you will yeah like she's literally like overwhelmed with so much joy and she she was telling us about how she thought that was her ugliest painting and she just kept saying like this needs to go home with you she needs to go home with you guys like whatever you can afford like that's what I'll take whatever and she's like sit she sits down because she's like having a fucking panic attack and I'm looking at her and I'm like I'm fucking crying at this point out in public in this fucking coffee shop this is my second time crying in this fucking coffee shop dude (laughs) my second fucking time and I'm crying she's crying she's having a panic attack I go and get both of us tissue Anusha gets her water I sit next to this woman and I just like I'm a lot I just I want to feel all of it I just want to be there and feel all of it and she's just talking about how like she just has so much joy and it's overwhelming and she just has to let it you know run its course and she's like it's crazy it's so miraculous I'm not even religious but it's so miraculous like I was homeless just just three months ago like this is and this is all of my work like all over this thing and and she's just going off and she's like my my essence is in that painting it's not even me that does it it's just something flows through me and she's and I feel it and I know it and I know exactly what she's talking about and it's like dude I've never met this person a day in my fucking life but I felt more close to her than I do with most fucking people and it was just so overwhelming but overwhelmingly beautiful and Mm -hmm. I obviously resonate with the fact of homelessness because hello um certified homelessness girl here homeless girl here um (laughs) jumping from house to house you know like so I resonate so deeply with so much of her story and I'm just like bro and I'm seeing this woman in her old age like experience success experience beauty experience like abundance experience joy and i'm like dude like life never stops if you let it if you let it continue if you let it to crack if you let it continue to crack you open and if you stay open-hearted and deeply feeling like life doesn't ever have to stop not even in your old age um and, and that's very contradictory to what like society tells us because of course we live in an ageist ass fucking society um but dude it was just oh my god it was so fucking beautiful and so we end up buying the painting um because we were not leaving without that fucking painting we were not leaving without that fucking painting and the painting was 100 me and nusha went 50 50 on it uh-huh um but i think nusha left like 20 25 more and because like why the fuck wouldn't we um uh, yeah so the intent was to go to the bookstore instead I literally got to meet and and feel so deeply a, a woman that I would, literally was a stranger like two seconds before that in- encounter and it was just like <sighs> yeah <laughs> and then um the rest of the day was also just deeply feeling I think I cried like 12 more times that day I had a lot of like revelations and reflections and I dyed my hair <laughs> <laughs> what color are you now, ma'am? 
<laughs> I'm like I'm like a rich brown, but it has like a red tint in the light in the sun. It's really cute. I like it. It's giving very much fall. Um, but the hair dye was very much a manic episode. It was like a fuck it. You know, like I'm gonna just do this. Yeah. Let's go. Um Yeah. Uh but that those three interactions basically sums up the not just my experience this week, but my experience overall in Colorado. Like everything is a spiritual awakening. Everything is a spiritual encounter. Nothing here has been separate from my spiritual journey. And it's overwhelming, but like and intense as fuck, but like a good overwhelming. Intensity. I mean, that sounds kind of crazy, but yeah, crazy as fuck. <laughs> crazy as fuck. Like everything, everything is serendipitous. Also, because mind you, Anusha didn't wasn't even gonna go in. She decided to go in. That all happened before she came in. She was literally taking a picture before I came into the store or into the coffee shop. She was taking a picture to send the picture to her roommates, us, and she was telling the um, lady like, "Oh, I'm gonna send this to my roommates. They have to see this." And I literally walk in as she's saying that. Then also, Anusha's been. Um, thinking about like working with La Puente recently mm-hmm. and boom this whole thing's about La Puente and then also when we're buying the painting the manager of Milagro is like oh can I take down your uh, information for an interview like storytelling is important like we want you to tell your story blah 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 and she has us take down take down both of our our she takes down both of our information but I know deeply that that interview is for Anusha like I just I don't know how I know but I just felt it like oh this is not meant for me this is meant for her yeah and like everything is just like it's like it's nothing can you cannot there's not a single happening here that you can just write off as oh that's a coincidence because it'll be so fucking like it'll be so like purposeful and it'll be so detailed and so like I don't even know how to explain it that you just simply can't be like oh that's obvious like you just can't say it's a coincidence like you just know so fully that everything that happens here is very much of divine timing of being in the right place at the right time but like also like the entire universe conspiring for your success like like being here feels like being held by God and 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 held closely by God and whatever God means to whatever whoever's listening but that's what it feels like for for me and I think also Anusha when we were having our conversations yesterday and yeah 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's like you know what's happening you feel it but you're just not able to explain it right now but like yeah it's like there's no words there's no words there's no fucking word it's like every time i do explain it it's not that because it's so much more bigger and more deeper and more profound than words can even begin to describe it's like i'm i'm describing only the fucking tip of the iceberg to you guys because i just don't have words to explain all the things that have happened and all the ways that I feel it's just like yeah well (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't think my week's been that um impactful (laughs) well you don't know that you don't know that well I don't know my week it's just been I feel like the mundane I just feel like every week that unfolds it's a moment of me being like okay Deja like are you choosing yourself now or Mm -hmm. what it feels like I am getting a fresh start, but mm. a fresh start in the sense of like, I have to choose me because I feel like there's been many, many, many moments this week or just overall that happens where I'm always like left afterwards. Like, damn, like I really didn't want to be here or like, damn, why did I agree to hang out or like, damn, mm. why? Like, it's always those kind of things 
So mm-hmm. it's definitely left me like, okay, Deja, like, I think it's time for you to do you. Yeah. And not feel bad. Because mm-hmm. I definitely fall. Not making with the mental. Oh, but we're, we're, we're here with newbies and I have to hang out with all these people and we have to do all this X, Y, and Z. And, but like, no. So it's just like conformity. Like, like I feel like I have to show up and be a host mm. and be be mm. here kikiing with these people. And nine times out of ten, I really don't care for it. Like I really, mm. I feel like that's not what I'm here for. Like I'm just here mm. to do this, me, my studies, and get my shit together, mm. so that when I do return to like where I want in a year or so, I'm I'm in a better position because I was able to build my foundation ground up. And mm, not just fill mm-hmm. it in everywhere. Yeah. So I feel like that's what I'm being faced with right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been having a lot of cute moments with the kids I work with. I feel like those are my friends. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Yo, your kids are wholesome, bro. Your kids are fucking wholesome. Guys, I when I FaceTime her, when was it? Friday, Thursday? I FaceTimed Deja Thursday. And they were so fucking cute, dude. They were like, hola. I was like, hola. <laughs> bro those are those are my like those are my i love them i love them and like granted i've been realizing that i may have fucked myself why because i tell them i'm not a teacher like i'm really not a teacher and you're not and i'm not but like listen if anyone knows me we know damn well i'm the biggest kid at heart i am with all the motherfucking shit so I be with all the motherfucking shit yeah. with these fourth graders, second graders, kindergartners, and like we just be having a ball. And, and as you should. <laughs> I mean, like you would think so because, bro, the school systems up there, up here, y'all, it ain't like back. If you're from mm. Boston, it's not like Boston at all. It is so free. Nope. Like they're able to walk out whenever they want. They don't have to sit in their chairs. Like yep. it's crazy. Yep. So yep, here they're very much like we prioritize like the feeling over the education, like exactly because they recognize that a kid who's in survival mode cannot fucking learn and like retain the learning, like because that's just not their focus. Well, listen, I've I've my myself have still been trying to like understand this and like mm. be okay with it because mm-hmm. we went to school where it was completely different. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. So I oh, still, not back I mean, in the day. Not back in the day, but just, like, you still, I see certain shit, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm still taking it in, but, like, it's it's just cute, because, like, they just make me feel like that's my tight-knit kind of family community, because mm-hmm. we're all, we all get stared at every time they hear us speak Spanish. So, I don't feel as alone, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So, it's just these moments of feeling like they, they may be six, seven, eight. But it feels like I have a community. I'm creating that with them because it's like we're all a minority coming together. But like, I'm here to help you guys at the end of the day. So it feels empowering for myself, but the little kids themselves. Mm -hmm. And then to to be helping their parents like Tuesday nights with English too just also feels nice. So I'm like, oh my God, like, this Mm -hmm. is a trickle effect. Mm -hmm. So it's just in cute little things like that. Yes. Can Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was like, I'm walking to work because I'm not riding my bike in the motherfucking rain. So I'm yeah, it's crazy. Bike. It's actually raining over there. It's not raining here yet. Girl, ooh, ooh. y'all, that. I'm really not. I'm not going to do it. It's a beautiful rain. The mother nature was dry. She needed some water. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, my week's been really cute, y'all. Filled with like cute little lovey-dovey moments, too. Oh. Have some fun. Oh. <laughs>
Okay. So, we are talking about youth liberation, but I'm thinking to center this one around a reading. Um, the name of it is Childhood and the Psychological Dimension of Revolution by Ashanti Olsen. Um, I, the reading was fucking great. Like, when I tell you, I, 12 pages, I almost, like, screenshotted all 12 pages and just put it on my story because I was like, this is mandatory required reading. Like, every <laughs> single person needs to read this shit. Like, I'm literally gonna bring it to the Boys and Girls Club to be like, ah, this needs to be mandatory. Like, there should be no employee here that does not read this shit. Like, true, true. Yeah. Um, but before that, I want to know, when you hear youth liberation, what comes to your mind first? When I hear youth liberation, I immediately think of, like, the youth being free and not having the restrictions of adults, authority, holding them down, dictating how they have to be, like, <laughs> that whole control sense over these young adults, essentially, or, like, kids, whatever, you you know, you babies, whatever. But, like, just having them be free to express, to explore, and not be confined for our adulthood, you know, older people, limited perspectives, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. I like that. When I think <laughs> of youth liberation, I, do, I think of just, like, complete freedom for youth. And I didn't know exactly what that meant until I read this. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Uh-huh. And now I also realize that youth liberation doesn't just mean freedom for youth. It also means freedom for adults because we have our inner child very much inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I separated myself and older people from youth liberation. Now I'm realizing like, oh, no, youth liberation is all of us. And of course that makes sense because our liberation is intertwined because we're all in so mm-hmm. everyone is liberated when one person is liberated. So that makes more sense when I think about it like that. But it wasn't until the that I was like, okay. So I wrote down a few quotes in this. And I wanted to, like, read them and then discuss. Kind of. Okay. Okay. So the first one is funny. You didn't like it as a child, and yet you found yourself following the same customs and traditions like you were in the role as parents as an authority and oh my god that was so beautiful because it makes me think of like generational curses generational trauma that whole thing like the idea of like okay parents love to be like oh I you know you don't have it as bad like I didn't do this this that and they kind of like want you to be happy that they traumatize you less than what they were traumatized, even though you're still being traumatized by them. And it's like, um, interesting. So anything, <laughs> like, for example, like, my mom, she'd be like, oh, like, you didn't have it bad like me, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, she's still, like, you know, physically and emotionally abused and neglected us. Um, but it's like, oh, but you weren't be as bad as me, even though you're still be, you weren't be as bad, you know? Yeah. So that's what I thought when I thought of that. What what comes up to mind? What comes up? To say mind? say the quote one more time. Funny, you didn't like it as a child, yet you found yourself following the same customs and traditions when you were in the role as parent, as an authority. I don't. It's so funny because like when I'm hearing that, I'm not thinking mm-hmm. what you just thought of. <laughs> yeah, that, I, go ahead. Tell me what you're thinking. I, I'm thinking more of like we're reenacting or playing out what 
our parents were once doing, what we hated as that our parents were doing that we're doing now, essentially. And I don't know, do I don't think I have a person, I have like someone I work with, he had shared a story where like, he what like language Spanish. Mm-hmm. He hated that his he that his family spoke Spanish and that mm-hmm. they were trying to teach him Spanish. That now he regrets that he was such a dick and he doesn't know how to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have kids or anything. But like it's just like now I'm thinking like, so did you hate the language? Did you hate the trauma that your family had to go through living in a predominantly white area that you're refusing to do it? Mm-hmm. And now you're sitting here conforming in a more much more modern way where you strip yourself from your language from your culture and everything that's kind of like what I'm thinking because like yeah I feel like most of our families back in the day like parents were on survival mode things Mm -hmm. are much harder and I think now we aren't parents but like there's there's definitely still things and I think we got a taste of when people were like your mannerisms like this or you guys are like in this way and it's like oh shit like we'll still carry shit with us even when mm-hmm. we think we're, you know, like, nah, I'm all set on that. Or, nah, I'm healing from that. Or, like, absolutely not. I would never do that. Like, X, Y, and Z. But, yeah, that's kind of where my mind went with that one. I don't agree that things were much harder back then. I don't like when people say that because I feel like that's just a way of gaslighting and invalidating our experience. Because I think everything that was alive and well then is still very much alive and well now. It's just a lot more, like, insidious. It's a lot more um, ingrained in our system. That yeah. Kind of, like, we don't... We, it's not as in our face a lot of the times, but it's still very much alive and well. Nothing has actually been changed. <laughs> it's been hidden better. I, yeah, I'll agree with that because I really, I think, I just think it's more of like a, do you have the tools to better serve yourself now with these circumstances? And like, maybe back then it was definitely a lack of support and community or parental kind of things or sibling things. But I definitely think it's still the same shit just mm-hmm. in a different nuance and kind of sugarcoated a better little bit better or whatever however you want to describe it but it's still the same shit we're all going through it's just how we're choosing to deal with it and i think generationally how we're stepping up together as a collectively to kind of combat all of this is what's really different yeah so. but that's another thing that's entwined with youth liberation like, i hate the idea that um there seems to be like this rhetoric going around that gen z will save us or that like they're doing all these like yeah sure we are as a generation um very vocal and less uh willing to take shit and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. youth liberation should mean that we don't have to we shouldn't have to um fight for basic rights we shouldn't in our young fucking age be holding all this weight and be expected to the whole fucking world Mm -hmm. um Especially when the older generations are still fucking alive. Like, pick up your <laughs> weight, brother. Like, pick yeah. your shit up. Like, dare to look inside. Dare to change some shit. Dare to feel uncomfortable. Like, I, uh. But, yeah, that first quote just makes me think of, like, generational curses. And even, like, what you're saying falls in the line of generational curses. Because he's want to learn Spanish because of generational trauma. Generational mm-hmm. curses. Yeah. And now he's realizing, like, how much of a tool that was. And I'm sure he feels like, you know far from his culture yeah it still heavily relates to generational curses and he still kind of is doing what he you know was doing like in the sense of living in survival mode yeah for sure um, it's just like in a different font you know like same shit different mm-hmm. font yeah um, 
and it's crazy because like as kids we do have and as young adults we do have a lot of shit to talk about you know our parents and how we were raised and the traumas and all of that and then in that same breath, you'll see our age group talking about being their kids when they grow up. You'll see our age group talking about how they wouldn't take no disrespect from their kids and all of this other stuff. It's like, okay, the very thing that traumatized you, you want to pass around. You want to get your kids. <laughs> like, huh? Yeah. Or like, like wanting respect as people in our age, like wanting to be respected by the kids that we watch or the kids that we have. It's like, mm-hmm. respect is earned. And I think we forget that because, you know, of our own um, conditioning. But also, that's the very shit that we didn't like growing up. Feeling like we had to disrespect people. We had to respect our elders just because they were our elders, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what, I, that's what I related that first one to. Just the idea of, like, we have a lot of shit to talk about, you know? Like, we're yeah. Shit, yet <laughs> are we actively changing um, are we stepping in a different person, light? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, are, are we actually moving? showing up differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the next one that really stood out to me was they were upset with my for life. And mostly, all of their measures were designed to restrict it. That wild vest. That one is so fucking beautiful. Just the idea that as kids, we naturally have this, like, lust for life, this excitement, this curiosity. Um, a sense of playfulness and the very like uh, what's the word I'm for the very purpose of parenthood it seems like in the West at least it takes away all of that from children. like to strip them from yeah. all of that like curiosity joy and actually in the four agreements um, Miguel Ruiz talks about this how parenting essentially is just adult um, domesticating children the yeah. way that we do animals. <laughs> Literally. I, I would agree. We yeah, we give them a name, like we do with an animal. Uh huh. We give them do's and don'ts, and then we give them rewards and punishments. And that's the mm-hmm. same thing we do to the kids. Yeah. That we do to our dogs, to our other animals, everything. Yeah. yeah. Yep, literally. And it's crazy because the literal function seems like is just to take away the lust for life from kids, take away their curiosity, their playfulness. I um I'm gonna need you to read the quote back one more time. They were upset with my natural wild zest for life. And mostly all of them were designed to fix that wild zest. Uh, that just makes me think of me as a kid and how rebellious and how I wanted to test all the people, all the authorities, mm. all the adults. Like, I was like, I f- literally felt like I was invincible. Like, mm. you're not touching me. You can't do anything. And I was like, it's my mm. way or another. And granted, it was probably coming out in a very aggressive anger kind of like manner. But it was like, no, you're not telling me what to do. Because mm. I already, my whole argument was like, I already have my mom telling me what to do. Now I don't need every, like, teachers, bus mm. drivers, everybody else. But mm-hmm. like, it's still the same idea now, though, because, like, I, I, we're, we're still little kids. Yeah. Oh, me. Absolutely. And I just feel like now I'm finally, like, just allowing myself to be all the parts of me that exist and just, like, expressing that and just being free. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where I'm at right now. Or is where I'm like, yeah, like, this is, this is how it should be. And this is why mm-hmm. I should have been like this when I was younger. When I was younger, it's like, well, this side seems okay to show up and, like, we can just show her. And then the other sides can just, like, 
you know, go into the dust and the, mm-hmm. you know, we'll pay attention or whatever. So it's just like, now it's like, let the kids be free. Let them express themselves. Because it's, it's so funny because I feel like I'm thinking of my little sister too. I feel like when little kids go like off to like middle school or maybe even like a little bit like younger where they're starting to grow, grow their own opinions and start questioning things. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when you hear a lot of parents like, no, stop doing that. Don't mm-hmm. talk like that. It's mm-hmm. always like a challenging, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, let her question things. Let her say mm-hmm. her opinion. Mm-hmm. Let her, you know, see what the fuck is going on in this world and not based off your lived experiences. So I'm always just like, no. Like, I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I'm ready to check my mom every time I hear her with my sister. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, absolutely not. So and that, uh, that relates more to the next quote I'm about to say. So you're, ah, okay. you're, no, you're hitting it though. Like that's literally it. But before we get into that next one, what this is reminding me of too is um, the whole like zest for life and stuff. Actually, let mm-hmm. me just the next quote because I feel like it connects to this one too. So the next quote is without ever fully understanding why, you come to realize that the things you truly want, desire to think, say, feel have gotten repressed hidden and if done at all done on the slide why um what you're saying like as kids we have to we at some point learn to repress all of the things that come naturally to us and Mm -hmm. that, uh that society and our parents and everyone around us sees it as wrong bad uh shameful deserving of whoops you know somewhere and so at some point, for our literal survival, we learn to repress everything. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we learn that we have to show up a certain way in order to kind of love. And that's so fucked up, dude. Like, imagine how traumatized we all are. Like, just think about it like that. Like, we literally get beaten into submission. We literally learn that in order to feel loved and connected to the people who are supposed to already just give us love and connection... We have to conform, mm-hmm. like, and we have to repress everything that comes naturally to us. And I think it's it, that relates to uh, what Dom Miguel Ruiz says that kids are perfect the way that they are because they have a natural internal justice system. For example, if you hit a thing is to hit you back because in their head they said that's unfair. I'm going to make this right. Like I'm going to balance the scales. And when they hit you back, you're like, no, don't hit me. I'm gonna hit you back. Or if you yell at a kid, they're gonna yell at you back. It's like they have this natural internal justice system that says I'm gonna balance the scales, and we take that away from them. We say no. We get to hurt you. We get to take away your your feelings of worthiness and worthiness of love and abundance mm-hmm. care and safety and you get to do nothing about it except for just listen and obey like uh, mm-hmm. how fucking traumatized are we as a society <laughs> like jesus literally, christ literally though like just even as a whole society because i swear that everybody's like circumstances or like lived experience or like they'll tell you like oh yeah i'm used to that but I love that you said a kid has an internal justice system in them. Yeah. They are simply built. They they have nothing in them. No biases until we start coming around. Yep. Not we, but like the adults coming around, whooping some ass and saying all these things and yep. doing X, Y, and Z that they're like, they, they get left confused. And I feel like that's literally why I'm convinced that when we, as we age, we're literally just going backwards. Like, I feel like we're becoming like, hold on. We're questioning everything that we were once told was the way yeah. to do it. 
absolutely not that's not it anymore it feels like we're coming back to our true compass and like granted it's never going to be as whole as it was when we were born but i feel like we're coming back to our center core root where we can be like yeah we're liberated we're, we're free like we're able to be this and we can do this regardless of what was told or what the way of being was x y and z set from when i was like little to like now like, That's oh, the thing, no, no. i feel like we can we can come back to our true compass fully and wholly but it takes discipline it takes mm-hmm. like a genuine want to be free and not that people want to be unfortunately most people are are just so comfortable in their thing, and that's not their fault like we're as humans we're wired to you know follow what's comfortable and what feels familiar yeah but unfortunately that leads us to not actually wanting to be free that leads us to being more content with finding the highs of life and mm-hmm. and chasing highs and adventures and whatever makes us feel alive than actually being fucking free because yeah. being free isn't all highs <laughs> in fact that shit got a lot of fucking lows. <laughs> so, and, like, as... Yeah. Yeah, as humans, we're very much like Thich Nhat Hanh says, um, familiar pain is better than unfamiliar pain. And it's unfortunate because we do have the ability to come back to our compass, our mm-hmm. to come back to our true self, to, to unlearn and uncondition and relearn and, and build ourselves up to the person that we actually are. But it takes an actual desire, an actual want to do that. It takes um, being okay with change and discomfort. It takes being okay with people looking at you like you're fucking crazy. It takes being okay of being okay with creating a path that has not been created and going on a path that has not been traveled and being okay with trusting that you are on the right path because you have that niggle feeling. You have that it, that instinct that's telling you, yes, do this. This feels good. This feels great. This feels free. I mean, not safe. It probably doesn't feel safe, actually. This feels free. <laughs> Yeah. Like, follow this, follow this. And even though people are looking at you crazy, even though it's never been done, even though, like, you risk absolute failure. And that's the thing, though. I don't even think we're really scared of failure. I think we're really scared of success. We're scared of being free. We don't know what the fuck mm-hmm. that looks like. Our entire life, we've been told what to do, how to do it, how to show up, when to show up. We don't know what it feels like to really be autonomous, to really be mm-hmm. um, sovereign beings. We don't know what that feels like. Because even if it's not apparent, it's the police it's the law it's god for some people they have fucking god over the head telling them that they're going to hell if they don't do this shit right like we're so used to having some type of authority over us that we are so scared of our own freedom we're scared of actually being liberated beings that's that's valid i think that's definitely exactly what it is because once you step out of the box that everybody's in or the box that you were put in you're Mm -hmm. left like what the fuck do i do now yeah Yeah. (laughs) What else do I do? And I, and it's literally that. That's what they say nine times out of ten is that we're afraid of to success. So we'll literally step in our on our own toes as mm-hmm. we're sitting here trying to get on that, like, to that point where we see ourselves being to mm-hmm. feel free. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, I think this youth liberation is definitely the youth, like, baby youth, like, people younger than us. But it's still ourselves. Yeah, our inner child. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that that one that fucking small voice that's within us that's constantly whispering. But the thing is our heart doesn't like to hurt. As humans, we don't want to feel suffering. We don't want to feel pain. So we hush down that voice. We keep pushing it down. We keep pushing it down. We keep pushing it down instead of just being like, actually, let me follow that. Actually, let me tune into that. Actually, let me see what the fuck it's even saying. 
Let me hear it. Some people don't even hear that voice anymore because they got so damn good at being what society told them to be. They got mm-hmm. so damn good at repressing all of their natural instincts and wants and desires. Yeah, that you're not lying about that part. And it's like we become oblivious. But like once we develop our inner eyes to like our mental chatter and to our heart and to listen, baby, you can't ignore it anymore. We just do a good job at it. You feel me? Literally shutting it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next quote is, and so on, never thinking about the harmful consequences of blindly carrying on traditions which distort our humanity. Good old Western U.S. child rearing is an innocent appearing, good and fire extinguisher used to put out fine, sweet, bright, and wildly burning human flame in the person of an uncivilized, unadulterated child. Child. That was a lot, child. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that one again. And so on, never thinking about the harmful consequences of blindly carrying on traditions which distort our humanity. Good old Western U.S. child rearing is an innocent appearance. wildly burning in the person of an uncivilized, unadulterated child. I think what's really beautiful about this one is that we realize how deeply ingrained colonialism is like just the idea that we have to make our children civilized that uh, their Mm -hmm. wildness is seen as wrong dirty uh, disrespectful like uh, like if they were failed if they were able to connect or keep their wildness like the the colonialism is so deeply fucking ingrained in us that we do it to our kids. We make them quote civilized, which just means um, yes men. We make them yes men, <laughs> like literally, or like that they have to hide the parts of themselves or of a culture or of parts that make us us, mm. so that they can just be fit in. Like mm. it's uh, it it's just reminding me again of like that whole like dog analogy kind of thing that we were going for, where it's like yeah. domestication, yeah. yeah literally training you so that you can be accepted in society but then again what's the harm in doing that you're stripping yourself of all your uniqueness of everything Uh, that you feel true to yourself and you're no longer able to be it until you find again the heart and the eyes and your wisdom to be like yeah this is it this is what i'm gonna be and you seem to accept it wholeheartedly afterwards yeah dude yeah (sighs) And I love that um, Ashanti Austin was like um, good old Western um, He said appearing good intention. I like that part because I think it's important to realize that the adults that raised us were also part of the the conditioning. Like they they were also conditioned. They were also programmed. And they're also living from that place because most of them have not chosen to be aware of it or wake up or feel or unlearn. So I really appreciate the idea that it's good intention. I do? Our parents don't mean the pretty much went through the same thing, so we can't kind of point fingers at them. Like, it's- yeah, yeah, exactly. So we can't point. It's not that we can't point fingers at them because there still needs to be accountability. Like they need mm-hmm. to be of the fact that they're. Um, lack of desire to heal or their lack of intent to heal led to more people in this world, like, led to more traumatized people in this world. Like, there needs to be accountability for that, but there also needs to be a recognition that they, too, are um, 
victims of the very systems that we're talking about. So mm-hmm. it's like I really appreciate the the good intention because at the end of the day, they are there. There is good intent, like the idea that I'm gonna hit my kids so that they can go out into the world and not be punished by the world. Like I get that. Like I can understand yeah. as a parent that you want to you want your kids to be safe in this world, so you're gonna do everything think you have to do for them to be safe in this world and i yeah i just really appreciated that part but of course it doesn't take away from everything else. <laughs> no. as humans we live with you know multiple truths and contradicting truths sometimes yeah so i think what you just said is it's not a contradiction but it is at the same time where like you, you still love your mom but like damn fuck like why do you gotta do this but mm-hmm. like i get it but like damn <laughs> you yeah. know it's definitely yeah. back and forth but it's it's okay. We it's like you love people. You can't. They're not perfect, but you gotta love all sides of them. You feel me? So yeah. Um, the next quote is when this person comes up, the of human biology causes him or her to form actor or per- personality structure trapped and addicted to the has come to accept. Hold on, I think you may have cut out for like the last part. When this person comes up under such a setting, the adaptive aspects of human biology causes him or her to form character or personality structures, trapped the very impressive life she or he has come to accept as natural. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like makes it so that we become addicted to and we build um like a personality around and a character around the very things that oppressed us growing up and we come to accept them as natural as a natural way of life as normal you know yeah that is crazy to me but also i understand that because i'm reading radical belonging and it just it's it, it, talking about um conformity like how our brains are naturally wired to conform because that in our primal times led to more safety because if you had a tribe you were more safe than if you mm-hmm. were alone um but it also talks about um like how if you if something to your brain eventually your brain just takes it in as habit and habits cannot be broken they can only be replaced and also we become addicted to the things that we're um, shown the most so like if we're shown survival tactics the most we become addicted to that and it's just really fucking mind-blowing to me that the very things that oppress us become our addictions because Mm consistency it's just a consistent oppression it's a consistent habit that we're being shown so it becomes a habit that we uphold ourselves and that we see as normal and it becomes an addiction and it's like the idea that like we see mental illnesses as um normal even though there should be no reason that an entire fucking population is dealing with mental illness even though in that same breath mental illness is the perfect response to an ill society but the problem Mm -hmm. isn't of course that it isn't the mental illness it's more the fact that we're normalizing it and not doing anything about it rather than normalizing it and taking a, a um, and changing the society that's making it so that an entire population can be fucking mentally ill and traumatized. Because now it's our new norm. 
because we're all going through it like that. Yeah. And it's it we're we're allowing the very things that are oppressing us and causing all of these hardships and mental illnesses and traumas to become to be accepted as a normal way of living as natural. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy to me. I just I'm- that we can be addicted to like cortisol, um, high cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's just making me think of, like, a, a lot of the bigger things that, I don't know, they don't get overlooked. Like, I'm just thinking of my parents now and, mm-hmm. like, things that they they would do and, like, like their – that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, like my mom being, I think, a passive kind of person mm-hmm. and now understanding that that's something she had to do due to the household she was raised in. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's so passive now. Mm-hmm. And – and then I catch myself reenacting those same moments. Mm. And it, it's like, this is my norm because we're able to show up like this, you know? Like, this is how we all survive. Or, like, how my mom once survived and mm-hmm. what was seen as okay when we were, sh- like, when I show up like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, yeah, no, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. This one... This one hit me the hardest uh, because, you know, we're in this nonprofit where we're everyone who's in this nonprofit obviously wants to make a change in the world and wants to see the world as a better and different place. And, and yeah, so this hit me the hardest because of that. The reason why even revolutionaries or sincere meaning people who get involved with move- movements cannot change their so- social circumstances circumstances is because they do not recognize or just deny the existence of powerful unconscious self-enslaving emotional habits thought patterns and defense mechanisms within them that overwhelms the best and most righteous of intentions and endeavors to change society this is the inner social dynamic of the mass whose function it is to frustrate and repress the vast potential of each and every human being to be free and wholly alive. I'm going to say that again because Jesus Christ. The reason why even revolutionary or sincere meaning people who get involved in movements cannot change their social circumstances is because they do not recognize or just deny the, the existence of powerful, unconscious, self-enslaving emotional habits, thought patterns, and defense mechanisms within them that overwhelms the best and most righteous of intentions and endeavors to change society. This is the inner social dynamic of the mass whose function it is to frustrate and repress the vast potential of each free and fully alive. Oh my goodness. Lost souls cannot lead the people. That reminds me of that lyric. Um, I think, what, what's the name of that song? I think it's called The Internet, or I think maybe that's the artist. I don't know. But there's a song, and the lyric is like, Lost Soul Can't Lead the People. Yeah, Lost Soul Can't. And it's literally this, like, no matter how deeply you want to see change and be the change and make a change and leave an impact or make an impact and, and leave a legacy, no matter how much, and no matter how sincerely you want to do that, no matter how much of a loving place it is, from you cannot do that if you do not do the inner work you cannot do that if you do not 
sit with your inner self. You cannot do that if you refuse to look at your inner world. You cannot do that if you do not heal because the indoctrination, the, 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 the uh, programming is so beautifully done. It's so deeply ingrained that you are a self-enslaving person. You keep yourself in those same unconscious programming, in those same emotional habits, thought patterns, and defense mechanisms, and you cannot change a society when you yourself are not willing to change. You cannot change this entire society when you yourself are not willing to slowly peel off the mask that you were forced to put on since childhood that was that you were forced to put on through survival, but that very mask that literally represses all of your potential, your creativity, your ability to be creative, to, to your ability to create solutions because mm-hmm. to have to be able to create a solution you need to be creative you need to be able to think of things differently than what they've been thought of you can't do that if you're repressing yourself if you're you're enslaving yourself every single day if you don't allow yourself to be free and wholly alive but you cannot be free and wholly alive if you deny that you are self-enslaving if you deny the healing that you going through if you don't know how to sit with yourself if you don't know how to look at yourself if you don't want to do the shadow work like and this is the main definition this is the this perfectly um relates to the quote um does not always equal because you can have an intention to create change in this world and your impact not be that because you don't want to do the work the inner work that's necessary to actually make change in the world. Because at the end of the day, people do not do as you say, they do as you do. At the end of the day, energy doesn't lie so they can feel what's really within you. And you cannot tell people to be free as you are literally shackled down. You cannot tell people to be free as you're literally enslaving yourself. Period. <laughs> Period point blank, you're not lying because that's really the truth. Like, if you're not willing to look at your own shadows, how are you going to help someone else when they're coming no. in talking about yeah. their shadows? or give anyone any sort of advice or guidance when you simply haven't done it for yourself, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. You can't help a community or a collective when you haven't been able to sit with yourself and be like, oh, yeah, this is exactly what I was dealing with. I can relate, you know, or anything of sorts nature. Literally. That one, I think, is one of the important quotes of the whole fucking thing. If there's nothing else anyone gets, it's that fucking quote. It's that quote, because yeah no because you're not lying because i feel like it's always easy to be like oh i want to help and like you know show up and be like how can i help how can i better serve how can i do this but that that can only get you so far when you haven't done the internal examination and looking at yourself truthfully and honestly to connect on that level exactly most of the time we want to help other people something within us is agitated by Mm -hmm. something on the side is triggering it's want to change the outside but no because this world is literally set up so it's an inside out game you start with it, and then everything else outside of yourself flourishes it's like the alchemy you you you're able to purify your inner self turn that to gold and everything else has no choice but to also evolve with you because we are interconnected and something on the outside is bothering you because there's something that it's pushing on it's rubbing Mm -hmm. up against something inside you so look at that first heal that first and then suddenly the outside things are more attainable it's it's easier to change it's easier easier to help heal it's easier to lead because you firstly you've done it on the inside so you know how to do it on the outside 
Secondly, you've done it on the inside, so the outside is already changed because you chose to change something within you. Because you chose to heal something within you. Because you made yourself freer. You cannot make yourself freer without other people being freer. We are interconnected. Our liberation is interconnected. And every single time you go outside and you look out into the world and you're like, I'm going to help you, you don't do it because you didn't even help yourself. You can't help other people. Mm -hmm. And you're just outside being fake helpful, being fake holy, being fake like activist, being a, being a performance activist. Like, yes. it's all for show because you're not doing it. Right. That's yeah. really, really the tea, though. That's really the tea because it for some reason that just made me think of like choosing to be selfish and pick yourself at times so that yeah. you're do, you know doing the like, yes and you can go back and give to other people. And that's the thing because selfishness has been perverted. Selfishness, you need to be selfish because selfless, selfishness leads to selflessness. Mm-hmm. selfishness leads to selflessness because when you're so full and overflowing you your literal instinct is to pour into others and like what like yes selfishness is so essential and it's been perverted yes be selfish be full of yourself be so full of yourself that you have no choice but to pour into others do you have other traits to bring in oh no I just got a display case left oh, okay Hello. <laughs> no problem. But um, no, that's and I think that's that's what I'm here to learn. No bullshit. Now, now that you're saying that last part of money, it kind of clicked as to why I have to keep choosing to say, it's me, it's me. Because how can I keep showing up for these kids and everybody else and all these other projects I have mm-hmm. if your girl ain't really filling up her own cup or diving into what needs to still be healed and talked about and you know getting uncomfortable with with those parts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, yes. The next two quotes mm-hmm. are that essentially, which makes us so unique, apart from all other species, is not respected. Our very human in- emotional intellect, even our basic biological needs and natural rhythms mm-hmm. are subject to mechanical pseudoscientific measures. We are prisoners of our own upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. I like this um, because I especially appreciate the part that says that even our, even the main part that separates us you know, as human beings, we love to, you know, deny the fact that we are also animals, but yet mm-hmm. we don't honor the very thing that separates us from other animals, which is our emotions and our intellect. <laughs> we don't even honor the very thing that makes us different from other animals can you imagine <laughs> and mean, yet we don't want to be like. called animals. like babe you're an animal babe <laughs> then you're an animal babe i don't know what to tell you <laughs> like like if you can't even honor your human emotions and your intellect babe what separates you from an animal let me know no, the only little suit but the fact that you're bipedal unless you want to talk about that part <laughs> the fact that you're you're bipedal. You feel me? We can walk on our two yeah, legs, sure, and but brain, but the the core of us, like that's the only thing that that we're willing to honor. 
<laughs> in our uniqueness is the fact that we can fucking walk on two feet like give everything else a, a couple more you know like, like a million no. I'm sure they'll figure it out too like, like listen I just think everybody hates the fact that we got all these feelings and emotions and they never actually want to sit with it and talk about it like hello that's why all these advertisements about therapy is going on Dude, and don't want to feel uncomfortable like the idea that we keep our basic biological and natural rhythms, we don't mm-hmm. even pause, Hunter. Like, for example, when you have to pee, how many times do you actually just go fucking pee? Mm, not right when away. You're hungry, I, I... How many times do you actually eat? Mm. When you're tired. How many times are do you, are you even allowed to just sleep? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we don't even honor our internal clocks. We don't even honor our basic needs, let alone our more advanced needs valid like that's sick it's sick it, we, it's a sick society creating sick people <laughs> and that's why we are also sick in our many different ways <laughs> and then we normalize the sickness instead of changing it because no bullshit instead of creating a new world like what because listen what you said it sitting on said it our pain our familiar pain is easier to deal with than having new pain so why <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. So we live in a cycle of where we're all hurt and we can relate based off our hurt, which is sad. Ah, uh, trauma bonds, yes. Yes. Yeah, we are prisoners of our own upbringing. We are all yeah. operating from an unhealed place, from a place of hurt, from a place of trauma and pain and programming mm-hmm. and conditioning until we actively and consciously and intentionally choose not to. Until we actively and consciously choose discipline, choose freedom. Choose liberation. Choose freedom over highs, over comfort. Freedom over being accepted in the short term. Freedom over short term gratification, like like short term happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while this is about youth liberation, this is also about everyone's liberation because for one, all of our liberation is intertwined, and for two, the child never dies repressed it's just repressed ignored <laughs> neglected <laughs> that's where we've been at yes yeah no at nine i was having a conversation on friday um and she said something like when you she was saying something like when you see facts like yourself into the crack and like pull as many people through as possible because as a society we keep wanting to just destroy it and break it all down whereas like the more effective thing is go through the cracks pull people up start making changes where you can that way when it does all crumble because if you get enough cracks it's going to crumble you're not Mm -hmm. like oh what the fuck did we do you already are starting something and i really appreciate that and i think that's what i to do with this conversation and like this reading and everything that I've done is okay from here on out especially working with youth because I literally am working with youth it would be hypocritical to say all this shit and not make active change conscious change now in the way that I'm showing up I want to be more intentional about going through the days looking for those cracks and seeing how I could fit myself through them and pull people up with me and be mm. conscious and intentional about how I'm showing up differently in the name of youth liberation, in the name of liberation, in the name of liberating my inner child and um, 
actively really being the change that I want to see by pouring into myself, by doing the work, by sitting with my shadows, by healing and unlearning and relearning. And yeah, I think that's my, that's what I'm taking from this. And that's my, and how I want to move forward um, after this. What about you? I think think that's a beautiful intention. And I think my intention in where I say, I just want to heal myself and like, you know, be better. I think I can make it a little bit more meaningful every time I show up for myself, like with a simple meditation or a journaling app to know that Mm -hmm. it's not solely for me, but it is for the kids that I work with on a daily. It is for, you know, my family and my siblings and everyone else that's around me. Cause like you said, we are all interconnected in our healing journey. Mm-hmm. And if I can take the steps for myself, but knowing that it's bigger than just me, then I think that says more than enough already within itself. Um, so just having it all, just even the smaller things in life being a little bit more intentional. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so everyone listening, um, that's what I want to, put uh, out to you guys firstly the the reading the pdf will be found in the description i'll put it in there so oh, i appreciate guys- it okay because i was about to ask like you're gonna have to send that to me after this call no absolutely <laughs> required reading to be honest like mm-hmm. <laughs> like required fucking reading um, but my question to everyone is like how are you gonna show up differently how are you gonna actively and intentionally show up in a way that's actually leading to toward actually leading to your and everyone else's liberation what are you going to do differently how are you going to show up how are you going to be more intentional what are you going to look at what shadow work do you need to do Uh, like what do you need to sit with what discomfort do you need to allow in for your greater good for the greater good of all beings everywhere that's a challenging question to when that's happening i got you i'll sit with it i don't got an answer for you right now but as, and that's perfectly okay. And maybe maybe your our entire life is, you know, looking for that or is constantly, like, revisiting some of these questions. Maybe mm-hmm. questions aren't supposed to have a solid answer. Um, and that's perfectly okay. It's just the intention of continuously acting or asking those questions and acting on the answer of that moment. Mm. Valid. All right. Well... Yeah, that's all I got for you. Anything else for me, Deja? No, I think that's it. We ended up at a good time. Yes. All right, guys. Well, send me love. Send me light. Send me a hug. I hope this week brings you guys everything that you're needing and wanting. And I hope it fills up your cup. I hope you fill up your own cup and pour into other people's. Yeah. Love you. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye.